everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. I'm Jenna Rose, and as always, I'm joined by Antoinette Phelps, former Notre Dame prep cheerleader and former MSU cheerleader. Antoinette, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, Happy belated birthday, by the way. Really bummed I didn't bring that up on the last show, but tell us what you did for your birthday weekend. It was very similar to last year, so staying home, <laughs> but we we got donuts from Donut Cutter, my favorite place on Woodward. I got Starbucks. We ordered in sushi, which was great for my birthday dinner. My kiddos made me cards, and then my parents came over and surprised us, and my mom and my four-year-old made me a birthday cake, so it was really sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. That sounds so fun. It was an interesting birthday because my birthday is on March 10th. So it was actually the one year anniversary of the first COVID cases that were announced in Michigan. So it was just kind of a weird birthday because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's actually been like a full year of social distancing and masks and just everything really changed from, from last year. So it's interesting. It was kind of a hard birthday, but also very hopeful because I think things will change soon. You know, speaking of March, we do have a couple of competitions that we would like to go over in the show. So Antoinette, what you got? Yes, it was a very busy month in March for competitions. I know a lot of these teams are really just trying to squeeze everything in before finals. So one that I was looking at the beginning of March was the Wolverine Jamboree number three that was hosted by Sturgis. And they had Vicksburg, Three Rivers, Sturgis, Jack, Edwardsburg, Pawpaw, Plainwell, Allegan, Oswego. And Plainwell ended up taking that one with a score of 688.94. Another interesting one was the MAC meet number two, Silver White League meet. So they had varsities like Gross Point South, Chippewa Valley, Fraser, Warren Mott. Chippewa Valley took that one with 750.22. And then Lance Cruz, Marysville, Roseville, Gross Point North, Lakeview, Lamphere was another quad together. And that one was taken by Marysville with 669.26. And then there was another one that the scores weren't posted yet, but it was Utica Varsity and their JV competed it as well. Romeo Varsity, JV, Stevenson, Henry Ford. So I'm still waiting on those scores, but that was another little quad that would be interesting to check out. There was the SMAC Conference Finals hosted by Portage Central. The teams that attended that one, Portage Central, Matawan, St. Joseph, Lakeshore, Battle Creek, Lakeview, Kalamazoo Central, Loy Norix, Portage Northern, and the team that won that one was Portage Central with a score of 725.60. Very busy. There's also the Cougar Spirit competition hosted by Stony Creek High School. Rochester High School was there, Clarkston, Grand Blank, Rochester Stony, and then there's another pod there, Richmond, Armada, Gross Eel, and Portland. And so in the first squad, Rochester High School won that with a 781.82. And the second quad, Richmond, won that one with 757.20. The Dragon Invite by Lake Orion was another big one. That one was kind of interesting because Adams won that one, Rochester Adams, with 789.00. So 789 was that one. And then Allen Park, which is a Division II team. So I'm not really sure how that works. I I don't know if people are just trying to get into competitions now with you know, just a couple of weeks left or what. I, I wasn't sure if Division One and Division Two are able to compete against each other. But Allen Park actually had a higher score than Adams with 790.66. 
So I thought that was pretty interesting. There was also the KLAA championship. Heartland High School hosted that one, and they had Brighton, Canton, Churchill, Dearborn, Heartland, Howell, John Glenn, Northville, Novi, Stevenson, Plymouth, Wayne Memorial. And Brighton took that one with 788.38, and then Plymouth came in second with 784.52, so pretty close there. LVC4 in championship, this one was hosted by Waterford Kettering. Pad 1 was Wald Lake Central, Wald Lake Northern, South Lion, South Lion East, and then Pad 2 was Waterford Kettering, Waterford Mott, Milford, and Wald Lake Western. Wald Lake Western took that one with 764.86. Milford came in second with 732, and South Lion then with 711.54. A couple other ones that I found interesting, and I actually watched some clips from this one, so I'll talk about this in a few minutes, was the DL Championship hosted by Wyandotte. So Allen Park, Gibraltar Carlson, Dearborn Unified, Lincoln Park, Southgate, Taylor, Trenton, Woodhaven, and Wyandotte. And Allen Park took that one. So Allen Park first place was 793.64. Carlson very close behind 791.14. And Wyandotte with 777.40. That was the first pod. The second pod, Southgate took that one with 774.44. Lincoln Park next with 699.84, then Trenton 684.34, and Etzel Ford with 653.12. And finally, the last one that I was going through and checking was the Wolverine Conference Finals. That was on March 9th. So Allegan took that one with 718.74. Sturgis came in second with 711.72. And then Plainwell with 703.20. So that was a lot, Jenna, going on at the beginning <laughs> of March. And there's also a lot going on today. As we speak, there's actually a couple competitions happening. So no scores yet to report on. But uh, the CAAC Red League Final is this weekend. The CHSL Cheer Championship one through eight league championship, LCAA championships, and the MAC blue and white championships. So I'll be excited to look through those this week, but definitely a lot going on in the cheer world. Yeah, most definitely. We'll have those scores for you guys coming up on the next edition of the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. But this week, we'd like to preview who we have coming on for the interview portion. We have a Division Four high school coach joining us. Her name is Stacy Myers, and she's the head coach for Paywama Westphalia. And I, you know, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Otherwise, we're going to be referring to them as PW moving forward. But there's a lot of exciting stuff going on with that program. They have some state titles and the state runners-up. Uh, titles under their belt I believe nine state champs titles and then 13 runners up so to hear how she runs her program how they've grown over the years and hear more about their feeder schools will be really interesting moving forward in the podcast state champs Michigan's ready set cheer podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity level sports at LTU including competitive cheer and dance Simply log on to the ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Ready, Set, Cheer is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. Go to mhsaa.com. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Support the kids and the community. It's the best way to give back and get paid. Help wanted. Just whistle. 
Go to mhsaa.com slash officials. We are now joined by PW's head coach, Stacy Myers. Stacy, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today about your high school. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So just to give our listeners a bit of a background, can you explain to us your personal cheerleading experience? So actually, I have a pretty lengthy history of this. I've actually been involved with cheerleading since I was personally in sixth grade. I did sideline cheer for the youth football team since sixth grade. And then I cheered for my middle school, high school. And then after I graduated, I took a few years away, went to college, and then just really missed it. I had a really close friend of mine that went through the cheer team with me that started coaching. So then I did an assistant year with her, helping her coach. And then she stepped down. So then in 2007, 2008 season is when I took over as the head coach for the competitive cheer team for PW. Wow. And so we understand that you guys do have a couple of state titles and runner-up titles under your belt. Can you tell us since 2007 how the program has done since then? Yeah, personally, we have won a state championship in 2008, 2010, and 2019. And then we have about five regional titles that we've won since then. Yeah, that's so incredible. And it's really cool because we've been wanting to have a coach from your division on the show. And it sounds like you guys also have some titles before then as well. But something I did want to ask you about was the rivalries that your school has. What's going on between Hudson and Beckenridge and Michigan Center as rivals? Total for PW Cheer, we have nine state titles that we've won since it's become a sport. And first, when I was in high school, our big rival when I was on the team was Breckenridge. And it kind of just would go back and forth. Breckenridge would win, and then we would win. And we just always had kind of that fun rivalry. It was great to see them and what they would put out there and what we would do. And they kind of lost the team for a little while there. So they weren't around for a while. And then Michigan Center kind of When I started coaching, they were kind of the rivals at first, and we'd go back and forth. And Michigan Center kind of fluctuates between Division Three and Division Four, depending on the kids and their school. So currently, they're not in our division. They're in Division Three. And over the last few years, it's been between Hudson and PW that have been more the rivals. And I don't even necessarily say we'd rivals. It's just that we have really good teams back and forth. Um, I have a good relationship with Coach um, Kelly Bailey, too. We talk a lot and talk about our teams and gotten to know her over the years, too. So it's just fun going back and forth, seeing what all of us are going to put out there each year. Competitive cheer is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto that MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. 
Right, and it's interesting for Antoinette and I because we've had the opportunity to talk to coaches from Allen Park and from Carlson and hearing about how their rivalries makes them better and their program has been really interesting. So you're saying that you have great relationships with these coaches. Can you kind of expand on how having them in your division, how that helps your team become better? I think just, you know, having just a really good relationship and talking with Kelly and other coaches and our girls, my girls seeing like, oh, it's good to have this fun rivalry with with each other, not this got to be so against each other, but it's good to work with each other almost. We don't work together, but just like to push each other, you know, we're each trying to be the best team and seeing what they do and what we can do. And it's just kind of a really good push for each other to do more. What can I do next? How can I improve? Like I'm seeing them do this and they see us do that. And I think just seeing that and seeing how we've gotten to know each other and how it's just a good relationship. Our girls also see how it's good to be, you know, get to know their girls and say hi and good luck and all those kind of things. Cause it's just a good relationship to have. Dialing in to division four specifically, can you explain to us how competition works? How many athletes are in each round? So you can have, you can pick the number for round one and three, but we have to have six in round two. If you don't have six in round two, then you get, if you have anything less than that, you have, you get a penalty for it. So, and then you kind of base rounds one and three on the skill level of the team and how many you have for the team. You know, some years you could have 19 or 20 on the team and the next year you could have 10 or 12 on the team. So it kind of just depends and what you have coming into that year of what you put out there and their skill level coming into that year. But yeah, we definitely have a smaller pool of girls that go out for cheer because there's also lots of other sports offered and some of the other sports start at a lo- younger age than what we do. So that's also kind of, you know, hard for us sometimes. But yeah, like I said, one year we had 19. Other years we've had 16, 10, or 9, so it just really depends on the girls coming through those classes. Do you find that it's hard to build a strong team with a smaller pool of girls to choose from? I don't think it's necessarily it's hard to build a strong team because I feel like we have such a great legacy that we've built and that there's lots of girls that when they're on the team are just so proud and just really happy to be there and be on the team and they just they work so hard to see what girls athletes in the past have done and accomplished and so they really want to push to be like that as well so I feel like every year you know no matter where we place or what we do and how far we make it they've just always worked so hard and put in all 110 percent in every year so speaking of the girls that are coming to you then do you have some strong middle schools that feed into PW? We have a junior high team, and so that consists of our 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. We have three different schools that they could come from that are on the middle school team. So this year we had 10 girls on that team, which actually is a bigger group than what we've had in the past. So we were super excited to see that this year. Some years we have lower numbers that are 6 or 8, and I think they kind of just watch and see, and at that age they try different sports and see what they like and don't like, and even this year on my team, I have a brand new senior that has never co- or cheered on our team before, but she came as a senior and I have new freshmen. So we have all different girls trying at different age levels. So going back to the rounds, I know you're explaining this a couple of minutes ago. You said for division four, for round two, you need to have at least six girls. Otherwise you get a penalty. So then, and I know we had an MHSAA official on a couple of weeks ago, trying to explain it to us as to, yep. 
you know, round one needs to match round three and how many girls and all this. And I'm sure the coaches and the girls that listened to that podcast were able to follow it. I still get confused. (laughs) Yeah. It just, there's, I didn't realize that there's a whole method to it. So if you have six in round two, then what is your round one and round three have to look like? However many you put out there. So round one, we have different, we have to do two jumps in round one, like all the choreography, the motions, the moving and all of that, that you have to put together. Some teams hire choreography coaches to come in and help them put it together. We, we put all of ours together ourselves. We get people to look at it and critique it, but we put all of our choreography together ourselves. And then, like I said, we can put 12 out there. We could put 14, we could put 16. So depending on how many girls and what we want out there is kind of what we want for choreography in there. Okay. That makes sense. sense. And then that has to match round three. Well, round three has to be the same number of girls. So depending what we put in round one and their skill level for jumps is how many girls we have to put in round three. So if I put 12 girls in round one, it has to be 12 girls, but our round three is all stunts and tumbling. So what does yours look like this year as far as how many people you're putting on the floor? We actually have 10. So this year we have a smaller group than some of the last years that we've had, but a very strong group of 10 girls. So they're doing excellent this year. Great. So as far as these girls that are on the floor, let's talk about your competitions a little bit. What competitions have you been to this year so far? I know it's kind of a weird year and they're probably all crammed together, but have you had any that kind of stick out for you? We actually, we've been to um, a couple competitions this year already. Our first competition, because it was just so crazy, you're on again, off again, going again mentality. So we only our first competition, we only did rounds one and two safely. I did not feel comfortable putting out around three because we just did, there was not enough time once we got the go ahead to put that together. So our scores did look a little off because we did not have a round three out there. And some teams did our second competition. We actually only had a half of a round three and thought that was best for us again, for safety wise, I did not want to throw anything out there that was not safe for my girls to do and be prepared for. So again, we did have some lower numbers just because we only had a half of round three. But the last couple of competitions, we've had full round three. We've increased our scores every competition and just doing really well. I'm just super proud of these girls for everything that they've been thrown at them. And, you know, all the quarantines and face masks and all the stuff that they've had to change and adapt to has just been amazing. And I just keep telling them each week that you're improving each week and they're working so hard. So that's really all I can ask of them is to watch that happen. Right. This has been such a tricky year for all the girls. I did not realize that some teams were not putting in their round three yet. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, that was just the first couple weeks that we started just because we had literally a week, which was just a few practices maybe for some people. And we had, um, We had some quarantines too coming into it and that made it harder for us. So we had to make sure we had everybody there to even start around three before we could do it. So we just really couldn't do, and I know there's other teams that could not put around three out there at first either, and then did kind of the same thing, slowly added in what we thought was safe and what our teams were capable of. I mean, that's a great idea. When I've seen teams go out there, I'm like, oh my gosh, some of them don't even look like they've been quarantined. How do they learn all of this over (laughs) Zoom? And it is really impressive, but it makes so much more sense to me to 
keep everyone safe and I do it nice and slow until you can build the stamina on your team and kind of get everyone where they need to go. So it's safe and fun for them. Cause it's not fun, you know, to throw them out there on the floor and have them falling all over the place and everything else. Right. Uh, I know sense. I do. I will say there were some teams out there too, that, you know, you look at them, you're like, gosh, they, they didn't look like they missed a beat on any of this stuff, which is great for them. But yeah. I mean, I think for some of the other teams, we may have just been hit harder with different quarantines and then lower numbers this year. I know some teams were even in division four, were struggling even to have a team just because some of the girls just quitting and doing all that stuff. So that was sad to watch some of the other teams have that happen to them. And so that was just a big change. I think this year watching all of that stuff kind of be different, but we were lucky to be able to have the 10 that we have on the team. And so thankful that we were able to continue because some just couldn't. Absolutely. And you also don't know what teams have most of the full team coming back from the year before. Maybe they only had a couple of seniors graduate and whatnot. So exactly. So you yeah. don't know what teams are going through, of course. So that was something that was going well for your team. What's something that you want to change or improve? Obviously keep adding to this round three, but is there something that you're trying to get in there in round three or maybe one of the other rounds as far as jumps or tumbling voices, anything like that? I mean, I think, like I said, the girls have been doing, we do have, we've had a full round three, the last two competitions and they've increased their score each time. So I just, in every round, they really have done much better and they've increased their jump scores, the way they yell, the cheers, you know, we're just working on perfecting how they move in their formations, making sure everybody's hitting their motions at the correct time and just cleaning up and doing all the little things that we should be doing right before we're going into districts and all of that. So I think we're just really focusing in on just cleaning up all of the cheers to make them the way we want them to look. Stacy, this is backtracking a little bit, but during that period when you weren't producing a round three, how did you keep your team from being discouraged when they would see the numbers or keep them motivated to look forward to when you could start adding more routines to that round? I will say we had lots of conversations with them just to keep them motivated and really understanding where we were coming from. So with this year being very different, we tried to be more open communications, like making sure they understood why we were making the decisions we were making instead of just making the decision and just really wanting them to understand, like, you guys know you're not ready for this exactly at this moment. We'll get you there, but we need you to understand that it's going to take just a little bit more time and understanding and working with us on right time to put the stuff in that we needed to put in. And they've just been really, really great about listening to us and trusting us and coming along with us through this whole journey. They just really have not skipped a beat on what they need to do and really focusing in on what we're doing. The communication has just been so great this year, even with my seniors. They've been wanting to be way more involved with, you know, choreography and the words that we yell and all the different stuff. And when we do certain things in a cheer and can we change this? And they've just been so great with the whole thing this year. Communication is definitely key. And that, that's really interesting with your choreography that you're allowing your seniors to get in on that. How do those brainstorming sessions look when you're trying to choreograph a routine? It's actually because a lot of time was when we couldn't be with them. So we were, you know, thinking about different things and different, you know, we always try to do different themes for the cheer or maybe for the year. So they had a lot of say into that kind of stuff this year. And we would put together 
words for a cheer and we'd send it to them and then it, they'd want to make some alterations. And it was just really good open communication back and forth, either whether it be by we talk about it on Zoom or we text different things in person when we could be in person. They just really stood out and were really big leaders in that this year, which was different to us. But I think we've all had to try to do things a little bit differently. But it was really great because we got to put a lot of stuff in that they really wanted to do and say. And it just seems like it means a lot, a lot more to them now, too. So I wanted to ask as well, Stacy. you were saying before some teams are hiring choreographers and you guys are in-house, you're creating your own routines. And something you mentioned is that you do like to get different eyes on it to get feedback. Who specifically do you reach out to to look to get critiques from for your choreography? So actually both of my sisters, I have a twin sister and an older sister. They both went through cheer at PW. And a lot of times I'll send them things that I'm looking at and, you know, get their eyes on it. I also have the coach that I originally started coaching with. I send it to her. And then I even go to my coach when I was on the team. She is still around and helps us with certain things. And we just kind of get different opinions from different people because so many people see different things. We see it every day. But some of these other coaches or my sisters or other people that have been around this program see it differently because they don't see it every day like we do. I did want to ask too, you were saying when you were in college, you were missing cheerleading. Did you not cheer competitively at the collegiate level? I did not. No, I will say when we went through, I mean, I graduated in 2001 and I feel like it just was not as big of a, I don't know, big of a a sport that you kind of knew people went to college for. It was like when I started coaching and then a few years after that, you really saw more athletes from high school going and doing cheer. I, it just wasn't one of those things that you really thought of, I guess, when I was graduating. I don't know why. I always ask the girls if they ever need any help reaching out to different colleges or if they want to go on to cheer in college. We've had a number of girls go on to cheer at the college level and all that kind of stuff. So I always ask them if you need help or if you're looking to do that, let's you know get on the right path from you know the start so we can I mean, the sooner you start it and know that you want to do it, the easier it is to find the right place to go. I feel like there are a lot of stereotypes that come with the type of talent that are in that division. What are some major stereotypes that you feel that your team really combats when you look at the talent that you have and just the situation and what they've been through? I think for a division four, you know, it is kind of one of those, if you have a big team one year and a smaller team the other year, You know, some people look at it like, oh, they just have a small team this year and they can't be as good because it's small. But we've had teams, not necessarily even just my teams, but there's other teams that are out there that have won a state championship and had eight girls on the team and they've done it. So just because we're small doesn't mean we can't be really amazing and, you know, be powerful and good. So I think sometimes people will look at us being smaller some years, not necessarily just my team, but other teams too, and be like, oh, they're a small team. Maybe they're not going to be as good this year, but then we totally surprise them and they realize even if you are small, you can still win too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of strong skills do you think that your team has? Like some teams are known for their tumbling or their stunting or maybe their motions. Is there something that you think your team kind of sticks out with? We have always been a really good stunting. I mean, each year I feel like we just easily do the stuff we're asking them. They just always are very strong with the stunting. Um, tumbling, I think they do a really good job as well. Some years better than others. 
And then I feel like we've just always had really good jumps. We've taught them how to do jumps each year and they really work hard on it. They go home and, you know, stretch and do more stuff at home as well as the stuff at practice. And they really listen to what we're doing and saying. So I just think, I feel like we have a few good, really good strengths that we have each year that it seems like no matter how many girls or what skill level that we start with, they just always work so hard to get to where we need them to be. Before we continue, I talked how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. So does your team have standing tucks, standing handsprings, back walkovers? actually do not have tucks or springs. We have um, back extension roll, handstand forward roll, and back walkover and front walkover. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen any clips from your team this year. That's, yep. that's different. I like that. Yeah, um, so we have some different skills out there. You know, every year it kind of switches based on our skill level and what we have at the moment. And I mean, next week they could change. We might get something and add something or that kind of thing. But I also feel like this year we have really good running tumbling compared to maybe some of the other years too. We have a couple girls being able to do more of that stuff this year. Oh, fun. I always love watching the running tumbling. Tumbling was always so hard for me. So I love watching teams and girls <laughs> that do it. Um, and as far as stunting goes, you said your team is pretty strong at stunting. What kind of stunts do you have going in this year? I know you may be still editing your round three and moving it forward, but yeah, we're still working on a little bit of modifications, but I think all cheer teams do that up until they probably go out to districts, but they're really good at the libs this year. We have, we have 10 girls on the floor, so we're able to put two stunt groups up and some years we really struggle with those, but this year they've really been able to be solid and do those consistently. So we were really excited about that. It's a little bit different this year. Typically we're able to do like pyramids and basket tosses and all those great things. And fortunately with COVID, they've not allowed us to do any of that stuff. So we aren't able to put in a lot of the stuff we would have loved to put in. So we're sticking with just kind of more, the, not basic, I don't want to say, but like it, they look a little bit more simpler cheers than what they may have in the past. Right. And we've kind of seen that across the board too, since everyone has the different restrictions. So yep. We've seen a lot of one-legged stunts, teams trying to perfect that or maybe pull down from it, thing, you know, things like that. That's good. Typically in past years, we really like to put in basket tosses. We've been really good at those over the last few years, and it's one of those staple stunts that we love to put in. So we were really bummed not to be able to put that in this year, and I know my group of seniors, we always try to make it the group of seniors because it's like that last big thing they get to do before they leave, and you know, it was just unfortunate we couldn't do that this year, but I feel if we would have been able to, they would have done a great job. Yeah. I feel like that's such a strange one. I, I can understand like staying in your pods and things like that, but a basket toss to me seems very similar with like the hands on and all that to like just cradling down out of a stunt. So it's I agree. kind of <laughs> like an odd one to not, you know, I guess I even understand pyramids because it's like different girls foot touching someone else, but 
the basket tosses, as long as you stay in your group, I don't really understand that one. We could not understand that as well, except for we were kind of, you know, they were saying, you know, with the masks on, that if you're throwing them up like that, maybe it's them coming down, it's easier for them to, you know, lose control and maybe the masks come off. I'm not really sure exactly, but that's true. true. I understand. Okay. That makes a little more sense, but yeah, I still, you could, that could happen from cradling, but in the regular stunt side. Yep. I agree. Yeah, it's been a wild year for these girls. So is there anything else you would like the cheer community to know about you, your team, your coaching style, anything like that before we wrap up? I mean, I just feel like it's just been a crazy, I've been doing this for 14 years now. So it's gone so fast. I actually, next year will be my 15th year doing it. And I have a daughter on the team right now and she's going to be a senior next year. So that'll be a really fun year for us to go through and kind of round out her high school years together. So I'm really looking forward to the upcoming year as well. And then just another like point, um, I have a few assistants that I have on the team and I've actually coached every single one of my assistants. So I think that's really special to have on the team as well. And they've been through this whole process with me. And then now for them to continue to coach with me makes it that much more special for me to, you know, do these, these years with them. So right. it seems are, like your team's really tight knit and then all of them wanting to come back to coach means that was a very special time in their life and they want it. They want to keep going with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I have a couple and I know my daughter says the same thing. She wants to come and coach eventually, you know, when she's older and my assistants have a sister that would love to at some point to come and do all of that. And we actually have a really, all me and my assistants have, we all have young daughters, anywhere from six and younger. And so we're all looking forward to see what our future has to hold with all these little girls too. Oh, fun. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with Jenna and I, and we wish your team the best of luck and good luck with adding in all this crazy stuff to round three and finishing up the year strong. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. It's been really fun, and I can't wait to hear it. It was wonderful having Stacy Myers on, the head coach for PW. Thank you again for coming on the show, Stacy and tonight. There were a lot of really good things that we could pull from that interview, and I think something that I really admire about the way that Stacy is running her team is the way that she wants to keep them safe. So she took the time to sit down and share with them why they weren't doing their third round routines, which safety comes before all, and especially you know after having the DMC doctors on the episode hearing more about stress fractures when it comes to cheerleaders during the COVID season. I think it was really important that she did that. And it seems like they're getting into the flow of things now. Yeah. Stacy was great. She seems like an amazing coach. She's very proud of her girls. You can tell she has a lot of passion for her team and for coaching. And yeah, I agree with that. Taking that round three out to start when they were doing those practices over zoom and not even in person, with the stunting and the tumbling and all of that, it just, it wasn't the right time for them to rush out onto the floor with that. So I definitely give her and her team a lot of credit to make sure that everyone was staying safe and just really doing what was best for the team. And I know she was giving it a shot this weekend, so we're wishing them the best of luck with that. But otherwise, I think that she sounds like an awesome coach and really that these division four teams can come out with some very strong athletes. I think that Pewama Westphalia really proves that. And same with Stacy as a coach. 
Absolutely. You cheered with a girl who came from PW at Michigan State, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So definitely props to Division Four. We're watching for you guys this year. Antoinette, you know, it's so funny after hearing a couple of our episodes already. I definitely think you could do color commentating for cheerleading. You're very good at breaking down the routines and talking about what you're able to pick out. So can you do some of that for us right now with what you've seen this past week? Sure, sure. So I watched a clip from Granville High School, also cheered with a girl from Granville at Michigan State. They're a Division I team, and I saw some clips from Ottawa-Kent, the Red Division mid-conference. So this actually took place on March 5th. Um, Granville took first place. So their round one, they had really cool peel-offs. I thought it was very unique. It was different than some of the other teams that I have seen with different levels and doing different things with their legs. They had their backs to the audience at one point. They did their kicks with claps under their legs. I thought that was cool. Really pretty toe touches, herkies. Girls in the middle did a pike and the outside did a herky. So they kind of like mixed it up that way with doing two different jumps at once. Uh, and I believe I saw a double hook and I haven't seen that either yet. Um, and then a very strong end with their voices. Round two, very sharp motions, very clean formation changes. And I'm going to say it again, and I keep saying this, and I'm, I'm so impressed every time I see it, but team tucks, team walkovers, team handsprings. And I think at one of the other podcasts we had with the alumni cheerleaders, I think my friend Jenny Rose was saying she's still so impressed when she sees teams and girls being able to do this, even though she's done it. And I feel exactly the same way. Like I could, I used to be able to do a tuck and a walkover and handspring, and I still find it so impressive when girls can do it. And then especially when entire teams can do it. But we saw it again with Granville. And round three, they had some heel stretch full downs. Girls on the ground were doing handsprings while the other three stunt groups were doing their heel stretches. All four of their stunt groups went for the scale and two groups in the back did a full down from it. And one thing I saw that was different than the other teams was they had a tumbling pass. They had a girl go right through the middle of the floor with round off back handsprings and ending in a full twist. So that was really cool. And while she was doing her full twist, during her tumbling pass, the other girls were, half of them were tumbling and the other half were doing this little kick thing. So once they get the timing together a little bit, I think it'll look really cool. Otherwise, during round three, we saw handspring tucks, back handsprings, a little kick V up to a stunt, which was cool. And then they did a press up. They landed on their bellies, flipped to their backs, rolled out of the stunt, and then back handspring back into the stunt, which was very appealing to watch. So I thought that was a cool way to do that. And then at the very end, just one little drop with their last stunt group. I know they, they just look tired and exhausted, and it's a very long day, long competition, and round three is the very end of it. So overall, I thought Granville looked very strong. My only critique would be they lost their voices a little bit while they were stunting, and I think that has to do with a little bit of the endurance issue that we're seeing amongst all the teams because, of course, again, half of their season was spent quarantined. So overall, again, Granville looking very strong, and I'm excited to see what they bring at the end of the season. I also watched some of the Downriver League championships. State Champs actually posted some clips from this. So if anyone hasn't checked those out yet, go ahead to State Champs website or any of our social media pages and see if you can find them because they were really great to watch. This was on March 9th. I saw Allen Park and they took first place. So they're the defending division two champions. And we talked with their co head coach a couple of weeks ago, but Allen Park ended up taking first place at this competition with a final score of 793.64. I love watching Allen Park round one. They're so sharp. Their voices were such a strong opener. It makes you want to watch them immediately. And they're really fast. They had fast jumps, toe touches, herkies, pikes, really cool peels on the ground. 
round two, very sharp motions. They did a cool little outfit change. I don't know if all the teams do that, but I saw that. Team tucks, team walkovers, team handsprings. And then round three, they started with their circle tumbling. They had an array of handsprings, handspring tucks. I know Julie was telling us that they are very strong with their OLEs, their one-legged extensions, and it's true. We saw four heel stretch full downs twice, QP twist, four scales, four QP full downs. I never saw anyone do this before, but kind of like a V-sit with a twist. That was interesting. And overall, the thing I really liked about Allen Park is you could tell that the girls were just having so much fun, especially when they were doing their Allen Park cheer at the very end of round three. They're kind of like school cheer that everybody knows. It's what kind of what they're known for. You could tell that they were just loving it. They're having a blast. And I think that's what it's all about. So really enjoyed watching Allen Park. Uh, Carlson took second place at that competition, 791.14, so not far behind. And they're also very, very interesting to watch. Really strong, deep voices in round one. Toe touches, Herky's front hurdler. Toe touch again. Really sharp motions. Really nice peel-offs with their arm motions. Clean formation changes. Kicks. Round two, toe touch, Herky. And then again, here we go. Back tucks, back walkovers, back handsprings. Um, There's just a very tiny mistake at the end. Like someone or maybe a couple of the girls were like a second off. So I don't know if that was a penalty because I know everything has to be really in precision with round two, but overall they looked very clean. And then round three, they started with their circle tumbling handsprings and handspring tucks. They did four scorpions. They brought two all the way down to the floor and then all the way back up. And then all four of them fold down from that. So really cool. Three heel stretch full downs, four scales with full downs four libs. So also really strong OLEs there. And a lot of teams end with something that might resemble a pyramid, but I know they can't touch each other or each, you know, someone out of their pods, shoes or arms or hands. So they just had really the different level stunts, but it appeared to be a pyramid. So they did it without touching. So I thought that was cool how they ended. And then finally, Wyandotte took third place, also looking very strong, 777.40. Round one, they had toe touches, herkies, toe touches again. Their, their, their jumps look great. I would just work on maybe straightening legs out a little bit more and a little bit of body control with, with some people, but overall their timing looked great. Round two, tucks, walk, back walkovers, handsprings as an entire team. They looked really strong there in round two. And round three, I saw something that I haven't seen yet. They did, um, well, the circle tumbling, which a lot of teams have been starting out with. I love watching that. That was cool. But they did some cartwheel tucks. It was a tuck. Some of them looked like they did a cartwheel back tuck. And some of them looked like they did a cartwheel like twist in their tuck. It was really interesting. I had to keep rewinding the video, but it was cool. Four heel stretch full downs. They did some front flares and twists there. A little bit shaky, especially with the scales and scorpions. But I love that they went for it. So I think that that shows really the, this team really wants to be up there with Carlson and Allen Park. And they're definitely owning that spot up there with these strong division twos. Wyandotte looked great. And then I didn't see the clips from these, but the second part of that competition would have been another quad with Southgate, Lincoln Park, Trenton, and Etzel Ford. And I believe I talked about this at the beginning that Southgate took that pod with uh, 774.44. So overall, all of these Division II teams looking so strong and so fun to watch. Right. You're getting me so excited for the state finals. I mean, just talking to these coaches with what we've done here 
on the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. It does seem like one of the major obstacles now this season after overcoming the Zoom practices and quarantines is keeping their stamina up. And I heard you talk about that when it came to a couple of the round threes. So hopefully they'll be able to find their grooves just in time for the finals, which are on the horizon. If you have a favorite routine or favorite competition and you have some clips that you haven't seen on the state champ social media pages, please send it to us at ready, set, cheer at statechampsnetwork.com. We would love to talk about them on the show. And also a quick thank you to Ellie who emailed us at ready, set, cheer at statechampsnetwork.com. She was actually asking us to put a division four coach on specifically Stacy Myers. So we're so glad she reached out to us and we're so glad we got to interview Stacy today. So yes, everyone, we do read our emails. So please email us. We're looking forward <laughs> to hearing from you. Yes, we'd love to hear from all of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. We'll see you next Friday.